happy 2021. Hello. Oh my God. Girls, here we are um, just two days into the new year and we are already having our teacups overflow. So welcome to the Hardcore Honest Tea Podcast with me, Logan Slaughter, also known as Logan Hardcore, and we have some shit to dive into, literally like the gays who had to dive into the ocean after their party boat sank in Puerto Vallarta. We'll get there. But, you know, this first episode is going to, this is our first official episode, and we're going to kind of do a deep dive into the first episode of season 13 of RuPaul's Drag Race. So if you don't like the show, leave. Don't subscribe and don't give me a rating. Um, But if you, you know, stick around, please feel free to subscribe and give us a five-star rating if you think that's what we deserve. But let's just catch up. Oh, shit. Sorry. Like I said, it's a self-produced podcast, so I'm going to knock into things. Uh, (laughs) um, Let's just first get into um, catching up on the Mexico party cruises. So we have Shangela, who is still in Mexico as of you know, New Year's Eve. Um, and she posted, went live and was like pre preaching, going into the new year with love and light and kindness. And, um, she almost sounded like she was about to address everything. And then she stopped herself. She then posted a, um, photo on her story with her and her assistant, Nick. And he was wearing a robe with the logo from one of the Puerto Vallarta, um, resorts on it. So I don't think he just brought that home and this is all just happens to be coincidental. I also know that Shangela was trying to spin this, that she was property shopping in Mexico, which she may well be, but you're also there conveniently at the time that the white party who you've performed for is also having a circuit party in the middle of a global pandemic. So it's just not the look, sis. And if you want to keep um, it up, we will post the photos of you at the cabanas at, oh my god, a cabana. How fucking bougie. Yes. Um, we'll put a picture of you at the cabana up at the um, host hotel on the Instagram, which is Hardcore Honest Tea, T-E-A, pod. Um, and this is all alleged. Alleged, alleged, alleged. That's what this podcast should actually be named, is alleged, because I don't need to get sued. She has HBO money. Um, and so then, you know, we're all just living our best lives on the first of the year. We're like, oh my god, it's a new year, it's a new me. Uh, 2021, we're leaving everything in 2020. Meanwhile, we still have the same president, there's still a global pandemic, and it's New Year, same shitty me and shitty attitude. So buckle up and don't expect much else. (laughs) Um... And I was sitting at dinner, you know, I have my pod, my quarantine pod, which is just my immediate family. Um, Me, my husband, my mother-in-law, my father who lives with us, and my sister-in-law and my two nephews. So we were having dinner for my mother-in-law and um, all of a sudden my phone blew up and it was the gays party boat sinking. And I am sorry, but if that is not an actual representation of the gay community just currently sinking, um, I, I, I can't. I can't. And can you imagine being the gays on that boat just G'd out of your mind and like worrying about getting this gross life vest on? <laughs> it's all such a fucking mess. But, um, you know, the fags are down there. They're going to come back and they're going to spread their diseases everywhere. I said what I said. 
<laughs> Rather it be chlamydia, herpes, COVID, you know, prep doesn't stop you from all diseases, dolls. Um, and it's just, it's so much. The gays were like barebacking across Mexico on horses, on each other, on, it's too much. Um, and I'm sure, you know, there was parties everywhere. Florida looked like a legitimate nightclub just wrapped in one. The Palace Bar should be fucking ashamed of themselves, as should Wilton Manors. Like, the manor in Wilton Manors is just a nightmare. It looked as packed as New Year's Eve Times Square normally is. It was just, like, frightening. There were circuit parties going on in Houston, and there was also, like, a huge event in Brazil, which got shut down, um previously in the week and then this whole mexico thing took off and i kind of lost focus of all of that with all of that being said a few people have been like what is your podcast gonna be are you just gonna like bitch about shit possibly um but you know weekly we're gonna talk about different things there will always be when drag race is airing there will be some sort of drag race involved um, there will most likely be housewives involved. Like we're going to do an episode coming up at the end of January. That's going to be focused on the Wendy Williams documentary and, um, lifetime original movie about her life. So that's required viewing. And I believe I'm going to have, um, B from the pet shop boy, Instagram account be on with me that week and kind of just dissect the four hours of craziness that that is going to be because I mean, this Wendy Williams saga has gone on for what seems like six years. And to actually see something she produced and her side of it and what she allows to be shown is going to be pretty, amir- pretty amazing, pretty miraculous, if I do say so myself, Gorge. But you know what? Let's leave the party in Mexico. <laughs> and bring the party to the runway, girls, because it is time for Who Paul's Hag Race. Season 13 premiered last night, which means I'm recording this on Sunday and it'll be up on Monday. It's called The Magic of Podcasting. It's called being a self-produced person and I have to do everything myself. So if you hate the sound, sorry about it. Yeah, I'm so sorry if you hate the sound. I'm kind of doing all of this shit on my fucking own gorge. Um, so last night was the premiere, and I have to say I was really excited. I don't know if I'm just like, I need something in my life, but like, I know most of, well, not most. I know some of the girls on the show, and social media, I followed a lot of them for a while. Um, at this point, you kind of know who's going to get on the show at a certain point. So like, you're always following people like Gottmik. Um, Tina Burner, I mean, my God, they had to put her on at some point. Jesus, the poor thing's been auditioning for 15 fucking years. They were probably like, just do it already. Um, Tina's gonna hopefully be on the program. She is trying, you know, I'm sure she has to get approval and everything from WoW and RuPaul and Hitler and who knows who else. So um, we're hopefully gonna have Tina Burner on the podcast because... um, Tina is just very much like me, and she'll say it like it is, which I think we're going to get a big dose of it this season with her. Um, But we're going to get into all that. So right now I want to get into the fucking um, tea of RuPaul's Drag Race. So we have the girls. um, I'm going to kind of go break them down as they were introduced to us in the episode, which started out great for me. It was Candy Muse. But before that, they kind of pan the workroom. And the workroom looks a lot different than it used to. It looks bigger to me. There's a weird stage setup. 
Um, it just looked bigger to me. Um, Candy walks in. If you don't know Candy Muse in New York City, you are missing out. She is a good time gal. She is just a t- truth teller, a loud mouth, and like just a party girl. And she's like, she's infectious to watch. So she walks in in all denim. It's gorgeous. It was made by um, Ray. I want to say Ray Ortiz in Texas. Um He did some stuff for Bianca. He's done stuff for Alyssa, who also likes to have super spreader events, like a 30-person Thanksgiving. But, you know, she can do whatever she wants because she's the Duchess. I said what I said. (laughs) Girl, this little soundboard gets me right. So Candy Muse walks in, and even within when it's just her, you realize that World of Wonder loves her, and they are going to shape her out to be the star that they want her to be. This continues through her lip sync, which um, we'll get into. But Joey J walks in um, from Phoenix, Arizona, following her. And Joey is just... <sighs> um, an interview queen. From what I can see, her interviews are going to be funny. Um, she's very personable there, but like in drag, her eyebrows were popping up. Like you're on RuPaul's Drag Race, you're wearing chicken feathers, and you're on RuPaul's Drag Race, and all you keep doing is talking about clucking. I like to cluck and I like to buck. And in my mind, I'm just saying, what the actual fuck? So um, Joey J is really cute as a boy, also, which you know is always good for the fandom. And it's just he's very funny as a boy, and like one of those people that I'm like, I wish you would have gone on a show like Big Brother where we could just enjoy this and not have to see your mediocre drag. <laughs> I said what I said. So they're standing there. Candy's just kind of being like, "My hair's human. Yours looks plastic." Um, well, she didn't say that, but I did. Um, and then the sirens go off. The woo woo, you, you've got shemail. Oops, just kidding. And they um, run over to the TV, and it's RuPaul saying, "Come to the main stage." So we saw this in the teaser. We knew that the girls were gonna have to lip sync. So Candy and Jay lip Joey Jay. Who cares? She's not gonna be here long. I don't think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> lip sync against each other to Carly Rae Jepsen's Call Me Maybe. And I have to say, this is where you just see the editing all about um, Candy. Candy walks to the top of the runway and then starts punching it down the runway and the lights are going off beautifully behind her. It literally looks like she's walking in the Crazy in Love music video. The hair is beautiful. It was just such a perfect moment. And at that point, in my mind, I was like, this is Candy's to win. Sorry, Jay, Joey, what's her name? What is her fucking name? Oh my god. Joey, Jay, not Joss. Okay. Her, feathers, chicken, cluck. Chicken, cluck, feathers. Um, You knew she wasn't going to win. So, like, this is where it gets good. RuPaul announces Candy as the winner, and then Joey's like, what, like, what the fuck? Like, am I actually going home first? And, yeah, sorry, Gorge. That's what they wanted it to look like. So, pack your pack. Um, which I love. I absolutely love this, and I think that this should be the format <laughs> of the whole show. I think this should be the premise. Just come and have two queens lip sync and let them judge. I don't need to see queens slip and slide mud wrestling. I want to see queens doing what we do as drag queens, which is perform. And to the people that continuously say that's not what drag queens do, I'm sorry, but it is. The girls that are in there living, you know what? The girls that are doing makeup tutorials, guess who they're performing for? They're subscribers, Gorge. 
Um, like that's what they're doing. You are in one way or another performing when you get up and put all that fucking shit on to be a cross-dresser. Like, get it together. Like, these girls that make it so far into the seasons and can't do anything, it's too much for me. Like, yeah, you're pretty, but that's where it stops, and I'm not paying to see you in a show where all you're going to do is look pretty. Uh, It's too much. So, they say that Candy's the winner, and that What's her fucking name? (laughs) Joey J is getting the pork chop. So, I love this. So, next up, um, we have Denali. She walks in on ice skates. Now, right there in that moment, I was impressed. And that's about where it ends for me. Because she seems like she has 0.0 personality. Like, hi, Denali, where is your personality? Uh, Can't find it. There's literally none. I feel like if you shook her head, it would be like an ice skate rolling around. And, like, she walks in, and immediately, because we as fans now know the twist, I'm like, are they going to let this bitch put on real shoes? Because she is going to fuck up this whole floor. (laughs) Like, do we have... Oh, we have the budget? Because half the girls never get their prizes. So we should... Okay. Sorry, like I said, I'm going to drink, and there's going to be sound issues in the show. Just fucking deal with it. If you want a show that's perfectly produced, go listen to, like, What's the Tea? Or, that was me and Maddox. (laughs) Sorry. Go listen to um, Race Chaser or something, you know. The ones that did review shows after some of us made them popular. Oh, shit. Girl, not me trying to figure out how to use these buttons. Um, so Denali walks in, and that was really it. I feel like every show bar has a Denali. Like, the egotistical girl that's like, I can do something special! And, like, that's where it is. Like, you are actually talented, but you don't have it. You can't turn it on and be a star. Like, I'm sorry, Candy Muse is a star. And she didn't have to walk in on ice skates. So she, enough. And like, I've had it with the braided wigs, girls. Like, I'm sorry. Your braid goes down to your butt. You're not Beyonce. It's a wig and it looks like a wig. And you're in HD, so fix your lace. Um, Then Lala Ree comes in. And I have to say, I have a feeling a lot of people aren't going to enjoy her. But I fucking lived for Lala. Lala Ree, is that her name or is it Lala Ree? Who knows? She walked in. And it was very Beyonce on the run. Um, That's the exact vibe I got. But, like, she had that mask on, and it was like a netting. And it reminded me of that netting they put on fruits in the market. (laughs) Like, it was like a fabric netting, and she, like, squished it over her face. Um, And a lot of people, actually, from what I've heard, were like, she's not painted very well. I think she was painted beautifully. And when the lighting hit her, she looked stunning these girls don't know or i mean they do but they don't realize i mean they have to i i don't know maybe they just all suck at makeup but a lot of the makeup skills this season are lackluster and look really dark and muddy we'll get there tina uh (laughs) girl um so she walks in and like 
then they cut to our boy interview and she looks just like Shaquille O'Neal, which I kind of lived for. I was like, oh my God, like, wow, how fun is this? But like, so then we're watching the lip sync and I'm like, okay, she's doing cartwheels and skates. Like, that's pretty entertaining. But I would buy a ticket to see a Lala Ree show. Like, she had something that's just magnetic and entertaining and you want to watch her. Okay, with the clanking of the springs holding this microphone up. <laughs> um, like, we're going to talk about another, a couple girls coming up that had this same ish, like, not issue, but moment that, like, there's a moment you can see a girl performing and you just are enchanted. And I had that moment with her and I had that also with the next two girls that we're going to talk about. So next up into the workroom was Miss Simone. Now girls, she walked in and I was like, yes, give her her tens, honey. Where are her tens? Where are her tens? I'm sorry, but Simone is the type of girl that I'm here for. Simone is Southern and like just gets it. Everything I've seen her do thus far from press week to promo looks to her entrance look is so well thought out. It's it's really just phenomenal. Um, she starts talking and I, you just fall in love with her. And then in comes Tamisha Amon. Okay, now let's talk about the fact that in her entrance, she literally looks 21, but she looks 549 in her promo looks like to be like, she really, I think it must just be like, sometimes these girls wear that big pageant hair and you're literally just like, mama, you look 90. Um, it's crusty, it's dusty, it's busty, it's robusty, but she looks so beautiful with the down hair and the red is such a power color. Like you love to see it. So, um, she also comes off to me as the girl. And I said this actually to Tina on the phone today that, um, um, Tamashi, is that her name? Tamisha? (laughs) Oh my God, with the names. Um, Tamisha just seems like that girl. And like what that girl means to me is like she's gonna tell you how good she is better than you'll ever actually see. Like she is gonna be like, Mama, I've been doing this for 30 years and I'm just the mother of the dynasty and and like she's never gonna live up to it. Um, she's very seasoned and she commands your attention without being forceful. When they were doing their performance together, you were kind of just like, Simone had this moment, which I love, is when a girl can be funny and you're not expecting it from her. And it's the little nuances in the eyes and the fingertips. I mean, Simone has that. Meanwhile, I had to look at her name. Tamisha is um, literally just drag talent and like you can see it she can command a stage she's very good she you have she has your attention without it being forced like you just love to see it um simone is declared the winner of that one which i agreed with um and tamisha and her cancer story are sent packing but like this is kind of when i realized there's got to be more because they're not going to do that to her um next up into the workroom was Gottmik, and i just have to say this is literally what went on in my mind Gottmik, because it was just such an uh it was a look 
a look. That's what I'm going to say it was. I, it was a look. The white face, the ooky spooky face with jet black hair and then neon makeup and then a neon outfit. Like, it just seems a little discombobulated to me, but it's so well executed that I couldn't stop looking. Um, and then in comes, oh, and we find out that she is a trans man, which means, okay, so this is where, like, people are going to get a little confused and lost. She was a woman. He was a woman who transitioned to a man who now dresses up as a woman. So like, there's a disconnect there for me. And I hope that this gets um, explained a little bit more in the show, because I have a feeling a lot of people are going to think this way and just save it. You don't have to at me. I'm allowed to think what I want to. It's there's a disconnect for me. Um, Next up is Utica queen. And I need us all to just, take a sip of something because how dare you how dare you walk into RuPaul's Drag Race with that fucking crusty wig on your head how dare you there are some of us that have wanted to be on this show forever and to be very honest I have not auditioned in years but you could bet if I got on this show I'm not going in looking like that She looked a goddamn mess. And, you know, I wrote... What did I write down? I said that she's just wild and fun, and she literally looks like Marty Gold Cummings' husband, Blake. (laughs) So the lip sync comes on. I don't even remember what song it was. It was very forgettable for me. I think that... um, Gottmik is a look queen. The There was no star quality in the performance for me. Um, And Utica's just a mix of... Too many wacky queens for me. I don't like it. It seems a little bit like, where's the body? Because you know she's killed someone. I don't know. It's too much. Um, And then, okay, here we go. Um, This is where we're going to get ourselves into a little bit of trouble, I'm sure. How dare you? Um, Here comes Rosé. Or as I like to call her from her interview looks, Rosacea. Uh... (laughs) Girl, someone should have told her to put powder on. It looked like she had just washed her face clean and then ran to interviews. I can't. Um, And I also can't take full credit for that joke. That came from a sister of mine. I won't name her because I don't need everyone attacking her. Um, Rosé walks into the room and immediately I don't like her. She has an entitlement to her that is just not for me. She's part of Jan Sport and uh, I don't know if it's her group, but Stephanie's Child. Um, and they sound beautiful, but to me, it's always just been, you can get any group of girls together that can sing and they can do that. But they always, to me, have come off a little standoffish and cunty and rude and better than everyone. And I feel the jantasy, um, just because it's fun, but I don't think I can feel the rosacea. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh shit. Um, so she's in and I'm like, like, I don't think she looks good. I think her makeup sucks. Um, every one of us has a wig like that and you're wearing a bodysuit and a leather jacket. Like, stop it. And in comes Olivia Lux, who I have to say I have not met in person that I know that I remember. I could have been drunk, but, um, Olivia just exudes kindness. She to me is just that girl. Like I she's kind. Her she has a great smile and her teeth are real. Like I hope she doesn't fuck that up. Um you know, um overall between the two of them I'm just like meh. More New York City doing nothing. 
Like, where's Jasmine Rice LaBeja? Um, where am I? Like, there's girls that I feel could bring a little more. Um, but I have a feeling that Olivia Lux is going to do really fucking well in this competition. And, do you know... This is first impression based, and I think that she has a lot to offer. And I love the fact that, like, Rose is like, Oh, yeah, the last time I saw you was when I was hosting the competition and you were performing in it. And then they go to the lip sync and she gets her ass handed to her by Olivia. Um, I love this moment. And we're going to talk about, like, the losers of this at the end because I think it's something that needs to get talked about and I have a lot to say about it, actually. But one moment in this that really killed me was when Carson Kressley said, are you planning on staying longer than your sister Jan did? <laughs> and Rosé's like, of course I am. Well, sorry, Gorge, you lost your lip sync. Uh, <laughs> um... So then it's, here we go. All right. So I need to just preface this with like, I love Tina. Tina and I get along. Uh, There's, uh, yeah. And I'm very happy for her that she's finally getting this chance. She's wanted it for so long. Um, But I was underwhelmed with the entrance look. Um, I get it. Tina Burner, I'm going to come in as a fireman. But like, it just to me, is too much. And then she says that she is the premier New York City costume comedy queen. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, sis. Um, the look, it's funny. Like, I enjoy it. Tina gets this. Tina gets this game. Tina gets this show. Tina gets this industry, which is why Tina's your current reigning national comedy queen, because she gets it. And she understands what people want, and she knows how to execute it really well. Next up, we have Kamora Hall. Ka-mora. Not Kamora. Ka-mora Hall. Comes sauntering in, and I'm just like... Uh, uh, like that. That's it. I feel like she's just not filler. I feel like she is not going to be it. And I um, don't see her making it past the second elimination. Um, And then we have Elliot with two T's. And I like her. Um, She's simple. She reminds me of a cool mom. Um, like a cool mom in an SNL skit, which I like. Um, There's something about her that is she's like on the edge of a break at all times. Like, I feel like she could have a psychotic snap and we're going to get some good shit out of her. So, you know, then um, they were... So all the girls that won go into one room and all the girls that lose are sitting in the um, pork chop loading dock. And, you know... I'm going to read through. I asked you guys on Instagram what you thought of this. And let me pull it up. A lot of you said the same thing. Um, Let's just... Here we go. So I actually got, I think, 200 responses. And a lot of people were saying that, like, it's... At first, I thought the switch was good. But by the end, it was repetitive and mean. Um, I don't like that they had no heads up about the lip sync. Um, it was interesting, horrible format, mediocre attempt at doing something new. Um, this voting is straight up rude in the middle of a pandemic. Um, 
you know, uh, I personally love it. And I think that this is a chance for us to see who these girls really are. Um, you know, you don't really understand who a queen is. And I say this because it's true. When you host the Miss Fire Island pageant, which I did for years, um, and you know that there's girls that are coming in so confident they're going to win, and when they lose and you see the side of them, that's the girl they are. That's who these girls are. And that's who Tina Burner is. I said what I said. <laughs> Tina Burner had an epic melt- meltdown one year when she lost. And, like, that's who she is. Um, and that's okay. I don't lose well either, especially when I know I should win. But I don't, you know, all of these girls are coming in and you must know, like, when you get this call, you're like, oh, baby, I beat out thousands of queens to get this opportunity. You spend so much money, probably $10,000 to prepare a package. You go there, you get there for seven minutes and you are, in your mind, you're sent home. That moment is when you're going to see a queen's true side. Like, Rosé walking away being like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what's happening. Like, the ego is cracked. That's when, that's when she knew that she was not that girl. You're not going to come here and demolish everyone. And then they're all sitting in this little lineup, and they're all just smirking and smug and miserable. And some are trying to make jokes out of it, like... But what's happening here is, if you think about it, is they're setting these two groups up. There's now two groups. This is going to give an alliance feeling. This is going to give some groups chances to um, really get, like, you're going to get to know each other in these two groups. So I think that there's this is going to be a play through the whole season. I think we're going to get a lot of this. Maybe one group votes out a girl from the other. Y- who knows what's going to happen? But I really enjoy it. Um and I'm sorry, I, it's reality television, everyone. We are watching the show, we watch it for the drama, but the second you see a queen have a real feeling, you're all like, I can't watch this, it's mean, it's hurtful, it's depressing. No, bitch, it's reality. I'm sorry, half the girls that have been on that show, one, don't deserve to be on it, and two, don't deserve a fucking booking because of it. So most of them fucking suck. Um, I can outperform 90% of the girls that have been on the show. I can do makeup better than 95% of the girls that can be on the show. Like... It's not an accurate representation. Um, So I'm sorry. It was nice to see some girls who have a really high ego, Rosé, be shot down. Because you need it. Some of these girls need to be knocked the F down. Now, I do want to take a quick minute and let everyone know what I've been sipping on in this program. Oh, oh my God. Not that. I have been sipping on the Mingle Mocktail. Now, um, I'm very straightforward about this with everyone. Um, I am sponsored by Mingle. I got sponsored by Mingle when I became sober. But I will promise you this. I will never talk about something on this podcast that I do not fully believe in and that I do not use myself. And Mingle Mocktail is phenomenal because it is great for those of us who are taking a drinking break, those of us who don't drink, or you can use it if you drink as a mixer. And I have a feeling it would be phenomenal. Um, I discovered Mingle because when I got sober, I knew that 
I would have a hard time at the holidays because I like to be included in events. So when everyone's drinking like bottles of wine, I didn't want to be sitting there with a can of seltzer. So I researched brands. I found this one and I absolutely love them. Mingle can be a great mocktail, but you can also mix in vodka or rum or tequila. They have four or five flavors, I believe. Um, My favorite are the Bellini and the Cosmo, which is in the Cosmo is in partnership with Margaret Joseph's from the Housewives of New Jersey. Um, What Mingle's all about is you rocking your party with confidence, even if you're not drinking. For those of you that do drink and don't understand, when you're not drinking in a social environment, it is completely, it can feel alienating. So like this just gives you the opportunity not to feel um, left out. It's inclusive and you can still have a social connection and it's fun. Um, When you order and use my code, which is 10 hardcore on minglemocktails.com or on Amazon. You can order Mingle Mocktails on Amazon and use code 10 hardcore for 10% off your order. You will receive what we're calling the hardcore party pack. In this party pack, you're going to get some coasters that are really cute and have, um, what's it called, metallic foil um, sayings on it. You're going to get some beautiful paper paper straws, some chocolates. Like, they make it really nice. You get kind of like an experience. And for me, what's really great about Mingle is that it's affordable. Without my discount code, you're looking at $8 a bottle, right around there, which for me is, come on, you guys. Like, that's one drink, and you're getting a whole bottle. And I find that you can get four great servings out of a bottle, and an entire bottle of my favorite flavor is only 120 calories. So if you're taking a boot break for dry January, or if you are completely sober like myself, or if you're just looking for a new mixer to add into your repertoire, please go to minglemocktails.com or amazon.com and use the code 10hardcore at checkout for 10% off your mingle order and to receive the hardcore party pack. Um, and that's the that's it, girls. That's my little promotion. So I hope you um, didn't mind it because that's going to happen. And we also have a another brand, which I'll do next week. So I really just wanted to kind of really stick with um, Drag Race for this episode because I wanted to um, really get a moment to dive deep with them. Um, Each episode, I'm not going to do a full breakdown like this of my podcast. I'm going to do probably 10 minutes and it'll be a condensed version of my what's the tease um, episodes that I used to do with Maddox that are on YouTube. So we'll just like quickly run down some of my favorite moments, my favorite looks, um, some shade of the week and all of that. With that being said, I do want to just bring up, I asked questions. I said, can you guys send me some questions and answers on Instagram, and I'm going to keep them all anonymous, obviously, but I do want to give you one of them. And then, well, you know, depending on the week and how far we get, like, we'll see what we're going to talk on. Um, A lot of the ones I got are, why don't you audition for Drag Race? And this is a very personal thing for me. I put a lot of my heart and soul into it for about six years of auditioning, and then I decided I couldn't do it anymore. Um, I'm married. I own a home. I don't know if the touring life would be good for me as a person, especially when I was drinking and using. Um, I don't think it would have been a good idea for me. So um, I kind of just gave up on it. And I don't need a show to um, make me feel any better than. I think what I do is great and I get just enough... um, 
You know, I get enough satisfaction from what I do. Who do you think from New York City deserves to make it to season 14? Um, Jasmine Rice LaBeja and Bootsy LaFerris would be my two. If I could pick two, those are the two right off the top of my head that I would choose. Bootsy is easily the funniest queen I've ever met in my entire life. And Jasmine is just phenomenal at everything she um, touches. Let's see. What made you become sober? Um, I had a good run with it. Um... I started drinking really young at 17 when I moved here is when I daily started drinking. Um, And it became part of my life. And at a certain point, I hit a bottom where I wasn't comfortable in it anymore. And um, I didn't want to lose everything that I've worked so hard for. I have an incredible husband and a beautiful family and a home and with drinking came behaviors that for me were not going to maintain the great things I had in my life. And I'm very lucky that I'm someone who's smart enough that can step back and look at a situation and know what steps I need to take to further myself. Um, and to not further myself, but like make the right decisions for my life. Um, and I knew that drinking wasn't that moment. Um, and that I did have an issue and it was getting worse. I was, um, we can do a whole podcast on this another time, but like I made the decision for myself. It was never, um, an ultimatum or anything. It was just something I did for me. And I think I want to find one more question. Um, let's see. If you were, well, what is your favorite part of quarantining at home? Um, I'm good at it. (laughs) Um, I was built to quarantine. Like, I was built for this life. I should, I can really sit in my feelings. I can, I don't have a problem being alone. Um, I'm okay with it. I like, I've had time to focus on projects like this podcast that I've wanted to begin for quite some time. And I was able to really get it going. And it took me a few months. Like, I like to think things out before I do them. Um, so it just gave me a lot of time to focus on me and my relationship and, you know, betterment. Um, let's see. What friend was the biggest disappointment that is no longer in your life? Woo, shit. Um, you know, I'm just going to say there are, I have a lot of them. <laughs> um, if I redid my wedding right now, I think I would have a completely different scenario. I don't think half the people would be in my wedding party. I don't speak to some of them. Um, people that use others for financial gain to me is disgusting. People that, um, metal and others relationship are disgusting. Um, I don't need to say any names. I don't need to get anyone. I, I don't even want to give them the attention or the satisfaction because without this question, I don't think about you and let that be on God and T that's the T. Um, there are a lot of questions about sobriety, so maybe we'll do that on the next episode. And with that being said, you guys, I want you to do me a favor, and that is subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Please rate us. You don't have to give us five stars. Of course, I would love it, but I want your honest opinions. And like, leave a review if you're up to it. Um, 
Also, write me on all of my socials. The social for the podcast is Hardcore Honest Tea Pod on Instagram. And feel free to DM us and give us some opinions, what you like, what you don't like, what you want more of, what you want less of. This is a learning experience for me as well, like I'm just getting this going. So every week's probably going to be gr- a growing experience and get a little better. We're probably going to have some that are complete duds. We're going to have some with interviews. We're going to have some that are just me. We're really just getting this going. So I want to say thank you to all of the support. Thank you guys so much for um, always being a part of my journey. And, you know, this podcast will deal with everything from drag race to housewives to, you know, I am going to do one about my sobriety and that journey. And I just think that it's going to be a great medium for me to connect with all of you in a deeper way. So thank you so much. Again, my name is Logan Slaughter, also known as Logan Hardcore. You can find me on Instagram at Logan X Hardcore. And until next week, girls, continue to pour the tea, send the tea and give me the tea and I will report it back to you.